Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's time for another Jumbo Package Football Show. Uh, I don't know if I'll have to change the name because of the, you know, Jumbo Package. Kind of a sexual innuendo, but that's all right. We'll stick with it for now. We can make the, we'll make the change later. Uh, we're just coming off. Of, it's Monday night. We're just coming off the end of the Panthers and Saints game, and that was a sloppy mess if I've ever seen one. Uh, we'll give a recap of most of the games anyways this past week are the ones that I feel are relevant. I mean, they're all relevant for one, you know, one reason or another, but... Uh, you know, we'll see how interested I am in talking about some of them. So, yeah, just to recap, the Monday night game was super underwhelming. Like, it was the definition of a sloppy football game. The Saints won 12-9, I think the finals, yeah, 12-9 was the final score. And it was brutal, like... I don't feel, after watching that game, I do not feel the Saints are, like, they're good, but it's just, like, they were so sloppy and underwhelming, and they made so many mistakes. Um, Like, if I was the Chicago Bears watching this game, I would just be laughing my butt off, because... The Bears' defense can easily match up with the Saints, I, I, without a doubt. Like the these the teams. So I said on my on the first episode on Saturday, I think I had it, where Friday or Saturday, where like the Rams and the Saints are still in the top tier of the NFC, and. I don't know if the Bears still are quite in that. Maybe they are, but they can match up with the Saints. Uh, I I have no like de- the the Saints offense can match up with the Bears defense. It's a good match. Like the Bears can, the Saints can have some success too. But I I like the Bears defense in, in that one. Uh, as for the Carolina Panthers, I don't think they are officially el- eliminated from the playoff race, but their like percentages, I think, have to be like zero point zero 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 one percent chance of getting in. Um, this was a th- uh, this showed me a lot about the Carolina Panthers. Um, This showed to me, anyways, that this, like, Cam Newton's only only option is Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Outside of Christian McCaffrey, he has no options. Uh, I... And... And you know what? This was an this was a poor performance from Cam Newton. Absolutely, Cam Newton. Like I, Cam Newton, I would say did cost his team a, a a bit of a 
he, he, he is partially to blame for this loss. 16 of 29, 131 yards and one interception. Newton, he's like, Newton's a great quarterback from an athletic standpoint. Um, but he makes no adjustments pre-snap. Whatever play is called or given to him, that's the play he's running. I might have missed an audible or two. And he doesn't, like, slide protect, slide adjust. Like, his offensive, like, whatever his offensive line is or whatever blocking scheme they have on a play, that's their, that's what they're going to do. Like, I could say there's at least two sacks that happened on Newton tonight where had he just adjusted his line, he probably would have not got sacked and made a play. Like when there's an over when there's an overload blitz on the weak side, or there's a safety coming in, chances are to blitz Newton and make your make your necessary adjustment. Um. Yeah, four sacks for Newton tonight, and that's just unacceptable. Or thirty-two yards. Uh, they lost, but like Christian McCaffrey, fifteen carries. Uh, 50, he had fifteen of twenty-three carries today. Christian McCaffrey had eight of seventeen receptions today. Uh, like, yeah, I, it was just it was underwhelming. It was very much an underwhelming performance. The Panthers aren't going to make the playoffs, and they don't deserve to after that performance uh, tonight in prime time. And the New Orleans Saints did not blow me away by any means. And I, I, I am not – people should not be threatened. Threat, like, the Saints are not as big of a threat. Um, that's my takeaway from this game. Uh, both teams are slightly, both teams are kind of overrated. And, um, yeah, that's how I feel about tonight's Monday night game. I was thinking, I was thinking for a bit there that Drew Brees was, you know, should be the MVP candidate. And after tonight, I'm, I'm on, uh, I am leaning more towards Patrick Mahomes. Um, I thought Drew Brees was more deserving of it for a while there because of the players that he was, uh, you know, having to throw to and he, and he, and he often, the offensive weapons he was utilizing, I thought, were not as good as what Patrick Mahomes had, and that's why Bree um, should win MVP. But I, I'm, I am now more leaning towards Mahomes for MVP, just because Mahomes is carrying this team more. I think carrying his team more than I'd say Drew Brees is at the moment, or at least after tonight. But, no, that that conversation's going to be had for a while. Um, that was a lot of time on tonight's game. 
yesterday, Sunday night game was between the Eagles and the Rams. And I want to say, I think with the Eagles won 30-23. I want to say that the E like that was their biggest upset since like spread because the spread was like minus 10 for the 10 and a half or whatever for the Rams. And I think that was the biggest like upset victory for the Eagles they got since the 90s. So kudos to present big dick Nick, uh, Nick Foles, who came back and did the job he needed to do. 24 of 31, 20, uh, about 270 yards passing. Uh, I'd like to see him throw for a passing touchdown, but he did, ha- he did have an interception. He didn't get sacked. And yeah. Um, he he's just consistent. Like he's a consistent. He's not going to win you the game, but he's not going to lose it for you. That's how that's how I see Nick Foles. And granted, uh, the Eagles' offense, when clicking and when rolling, can be a very dynamic offense. And. It's not quite like that with Nick Foles. Nick Foles isn't going to make the sort of throws that Carson Wentz will, or he won't make the um, sort of scrambles for big runs that Carson Wentz will. But, you know, it, it, it was a good performance. I got to give him credit. He got Alshon Jeffrey involved. Alshon Jeffrey had eight receptions for 160 yards. And that was his best game, God, in a long time. Jeez. Uh, Probably since, like, I don't know, when they played the Panthers. But that was his best game. That was Alshon Jeffrey's best game of the year. Uh, he got Wendell Smallwood involved in the running game. Darren Sproles had a few big runs. Uh, like he got he got Golden Tate involved, uh, and and the Eagles are not out of it yet. Uh, you know, kudos to them for you know not giving up and keep you know they keep playing and they keep fighting and they're trying their best to uh, stay alive. I like their defense. Um, I think their defense is still a bit underrated. Uh, their running game, I don't... Without Jay Ajayi, I think it's a... Uh, uh, it's, it's tough to get anything going for them. They don't even average 100 yards a game rushing. Josh Adams has some potential. Wendell Smallwood showed some potential last night. Um, you know, once they get, if they, if, if I would like them more if they had Jai because he gives them that power option uh, of just you know running it down, you know, handing it up to you know pretty much the center's bum and just going for it. 
Um, but they don't have that right now, so it's a bit difficult to um, to really put too much into the Eagles. I'll talk about the Rams for a bit last night. Jared Goff has lost confidence. He's lost his confidence. Uh, Jared Goff showed to me that he lost confidence, and I'd say this was the first time that Jared Goff, since Sean McVay has been his head coach, this is the first time that Jared Goff has actually had to make plays um, himself. And by that I mean... Sean McVay, he sends in this play, you know, they line up to the line of scrimmage. Sean McVay puts it, you know, sees what defense they're playing, and then he makes his play call, and then they make adjustments. Um, they, they they were still doing that a bit last night, but, uh, you know, there was so much pressure, and there was so much... There was so much pressure, uh, so much disappointment from the offensive line. Like, the offensive line, I thought, would have done better. But, like, he had, he was forcing them, he was forced to make, you know, scramble or force throws because some of this stuff wasn't open. And some of his, you know, targets downfield were not available because the Eagles were able to take away a lot of the, you know, deep overs or didn't fall for the motion, uh, really, that uh, that the Rams were uh, using. So, you know, um, it's not t- I don't think it's time to panic on the Rams. Um, I think it's just... You know, trying to get confidence back and get some courage back. Again, people are going to talk a lot about Cooper Cup and him being out of there. Uh, that That is a big deal, yes, but they have showed success without Cooper Cup. Uh, I mean, Josh Reynolds had five receptions for 70 yards. So clearly, they they can do well without him. I'm not saying Josh Reynolds is you know just the same as Cooper Cup, but you know it's next man up, and they seem to be doing you know utilizing that guy. Um, like Reynolds almost had a touchdown last night, but it was just like down like right at the goal line. Like his, they found his knee was short and the ball was short. Uh, the goal line. So, you know, uh, don't worry about the Rams. The Rams are fine. Um, they've won the division, obviously. And I, I still, think, I still see the Rams as being one of, if not the best team in the NFC. And a really tough team to go up against in the playoffs. Um, don't sleep on the Rams. Don't sell your stock in the Rams right now. All right. Um, 
I'm talking about the next game before that was the Patriots and Steelers. Uh, Pittsburgh beat the Patriots 17-10. And did we really learn a lot in this game? Did we really? I didn't learn a lot. Um, I, I, I think I said it before. This isn't the same Patriots team as before, so we got to stop think. We got, you know, we have to stop thinking like it is. Um, nice win for Pittsburgh. Good for them. Um, Yeah, they they really uh, they really showed resiliency. I guess is the way you can uh, is is what you want to say about about the Steelers. Um, but I don't think we really learned much in this game. Like the Patriots will win, you know, ten games like they usually do, uh, like we thought they would. Um, yeah, they got two home. They got a home game against the Bills and a home game against the Jets, so they should win ten games. Um, the Steelers got a nice victory to fight off Baltimore, uh, as they're just a half game up on Baltimore, and they got a tough game at the Saints next Sunday, and they host the Bengals. So, um. You know, I didn't really learn a lot in this game. Um, I think maybe now I just have to change my expectation that, um, you know, Pittsburgh, well, the New England, oh, well, this, you know, like, oh, well, this game, you know, this game's going to be won because it is Brady and Belichick. I don't think I, I think I might have to change that a little bit because it just tough. like you never want to go against those two, but it hasn't been like if you look at their losses this year: lost to the Jags, lost to the Lions, lost to the like a twenty-four point loss to the Titans. Um, Lost to the Dolphins, lost to the Steelers, like all like none of those teams are eight win eight wins like none of those teams have like nine wins or better. Pittsburgh's only going to like the Pitts like the Steelers are making like there is potentially two teams there like that they've lost to that are going to make the playoffs. The rest are non-playoff teams. So I don't know if it's a lack of preparation. I wouldn't think so because it's the New England Patriots. Um, I don't know if it's because they're t- like their receiving targets are getting old. Uh, not old, but just getting worn down like Julian Edelman. And Gronk, maybe Josh Gordon too. Uh, I don't know if it was the fact that they brought 
Rex Burkhead back into the rushing rotation, which I think was a mistake because they had a pretty good rushing rotation going with James White and Sony Michelle, and now it's a three, you know, it's running back by committee, which I don't like, even though, you know, Michelle did have 13 carries, but it's still running back by committee. Um, and I don't know if it's because their defense is, you know, it was not very good before, and I don't know if now without Matt Patricia it's even worse. So I didn't really learn a whole lot in this game. I think it creates a lot more questions than answers for both of these teams. So we'll just we'll just go by it. Um, San Francisco and Seattle. This game, okay, as a Seahawks fan, we, we had our opportunities to win and we didn't. Uh, that is on us. That's on the football team for not getting the job done that we should. Um, it, 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 it was frustrating because I know San Francisco is not that great of a team. Uh, Nick Mullins did not look great by, like, Nick Mullins himself had his moments, I, I guess, of uh, of uh, being a quality quarterback, but for the most part, it, uh, I wouldn't, you know, I wasn't, I didn't leave the game feeling like, oh, wow, you know, what a nice job by Nick Mullins. No, like, whatever, like, a large percentage, don't be, like, a large percentage of those points, the, uh, like, 20 of the 26 I think points in that game were from special teams from San Francisco. So don't, yeah, don't, don't read too much into San Francisco. Um, the penalties were frustrating. Taking for like good teams can overcome penalties. Great teams don't make don't take penalties, but good teams can overcome penalties. And I'm not blaming the refs be for us losing, but I will say I noticed that any time both teams, San Francisco or Seattle, um, any time either one of those teams had something good or positive happen to them, the next play or like two plays later, it was negated with a penalty. Like if somebody had a sack, like let's say like Seattle had a sack and it was for 10, you know, lost a 10 on the play. Um, then like the next play, it would get called, like there would be a pass interference call or, you know, a holding. So it's an, you know, defensive holding. So it's an automatic first down. So with that, it's frustrating because you don't allow if there's if there's one team that's like doing like like you don't let you, you, you it's the refs that are taking it's the refs who are in control of the game and not the team and not the teams and not the players on the field like if San Francisco like if San like I understand like 
I understand if San Francisco was good enough to, you know, blow us out or beat us by 20. I understand that. And and they they prob they might have uh, you know, with the way we were playing sometimes and we weren't able to if they you know, if San Francisco could correct a few mistakes, I would say they could have, you know, taken the game away from us. But because of the fact that the refs, they could not let either team just, you know, like, they could not let either team uh, either go on a run or just take control of the game. Like, it always felt like the refs were in control of the game um, for both sides, I thought. Uh, I'd like to hear what a San Francisco fan's perspective was on that game because uh, maybe I am just being biased but it just felt like from like because there were opportunities I thought for San Francisco to go and take you know take a lead or or you know go way out in front and so yeah anyways that's my thoughts on the game uh, also I'm slightly concerned about Chris Carson and how he's going to, if he's available for next week. And a uh, nice job by Doug Baldwin to return and grab two touchdowns on four receptions. Um, all right. Let's, let's see. Uh, what's the next game? All right. Cowboys and Colts. The Colts, man, I, I think manhandled is the right word to use in in describing the Colts-Cowboys games yesterday. Um, my God, 23-0. Um, you know, I still think you have to consider firing um, Jason Garrett at the end of the year. It's tough to say because they're doing well, but uh, I think this team has a lot more potential than what we're seeing out of it with Jason Garrett. Even OC Scott Linehan, I think, could probably go. And uh, it's time to evolve, Dallas. It's time to evolve. It's time, like... It is time. You are you have been run like the NFL changes pretty much every four years, and you have had Scott Linehan as your OC for since 2015, but it's not working. It's uh, it's uh, not working. You need to change it up and do something different. That's my two cents on the game for the from the Dallas Cowboys perspective. From Indianapolis, this is a great game. Oh, Indianapolis, yeah, no, this is a win in a bit for Indianapolis to be able to not only beat a division leader right now, but beat them by 23 and shut them out. That's a hell of a performance from the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Marlon Mack stepped up, which was good to see. The Colts are finally, you know, getting a running game to compliment Andrew Luck. And, yeah, 
I'd say this was a smashing success from the uh, Indianapolis Colts perspective. I mean, they, like they, you know, Andrew Luck, 16-27, 192 yards, just fine. Did what he needed to do. Uh, you know, complete passes. Gives his team an opportunity to win. His defense was tremendous in this game for the Colts. Um, really, if you only have to, like, if you're the Colts, and uh, if you if you told Colts fans, I'm sure before this game, like, you know, you're only going to punt once, I think they would be pretty thrilled. Um, you know, I would I would think they would be positive and not think you would be saying, well, it's because of turnovers. But no, I think it's uh, I I think it's a great game for the Indianapolis Colts. Puts them in a pretty decent spot to uh, get into the postseason. Uh, they have really important games coming up now. Obviously, uh, they have a game I believe against Tennessee in Week 17, which is probably going to decide. Um, who's going to basically the like the Chargers or the Chiefs, but probably the Chargers are going to be the first wild card team, and in the last spot, it's going to be uh, either the Ravens, the Colts, or the Titans. Um, and weeks we we might not know uh, by this game next week, but week 17. Uh, between the Colts and the Titans could basically be a win-in-your-in type game. Um, Because Baltimore has to go to uh, L.A. I'm going to say San Diego. I think everybody does. Baltimore has to go to L.A. and then they have to play Cleveland. So that's not easy. Um, But no, that's how... I'm going to just... Leave it at that. Great win for Indianapolis. Not much needs to be said about that. Just keep improving. Take it as you, you know, take it when you can get it. And uh, just keep on rolling. Um, Redskins beat the Jaguars 16-13. Congratulations. Um, yeah. I mean... Um, don't really want to or need to say a whole lot about this game. Uh, there was nothing that really stood out to me from anybody. Uh, like, nothing, yeah. Just put Blake Bortles back in Jacksonville. Like, just put put everyone out of their misery and put Blake Bortles back in. All right? Thank you. Uh, Vikings, 41-17 over the Dolphins. Uh, this was a prove-it game for the Vikings, and they had to show the rest of the country that they are not, uh, you know, someone to forget about, even though they'd seem pretty forgettable for the last... Uh, couple weeks or so. So I would consider this a, uh, a, a, 
they looked more like the like they got three touchdowns on their first three possessions. Minnesota did, so they looked more like themselves than um, they had in weeks past. And I think this game sh- sh- truly showed who the Dolphins really were. Uh, I was hoping they were gonna sh- put in a better performance against the Vikings. Uh, they did not, and um, yeah. Uh, it was finally great to see the Vikings actually utilize Dalvin Cook in the running game and, you know, have some balance to their offense. And from my from a Miami Dolphins perspective, uh, they meet their now a game out of the wild card spot, but they're pretty much like they have to win out and hope other teams um, lose. So they, they have to run the table and then uh, get some help. So I don't have much faith in, faith in the Dolphins, but I think this showed who they really like, who they really are. Uh, Tannehill is uh, not like not much more than a game manager. Um, Game from Kalen Ball from Kalen Ballich had a really nice run for a touchdown, like seventy yards or something. So that was that was good to see. Uh, but no, I I just it was it, it it was a game that meant more for the Vikings than it did for the Dolphins. Well, it meant it meant quite a bit for both teams, but the Vikings really needed that game, and the Dolphins are stuck in the middle and don't don't really, you know, nobody fears the Dolphins. Nobody's worried about them, and honestly, uh, I don't really care about them. Uh, they need a new quarterback, probably need a new head coach, probably one who's more uh, defensive-minded. Uh, and because uh, their defense has quite a bit of potential, and I like what I've seen from, from parts of their defense sometimes this year. And other times it's uh, other times it's a mess. So uh, the yeah, the next game we'll talk about briefly is uh, just trying to get it back. Okay, the Titans and the Giants. Titans won seventeen nothing. Um, another strong performance from Derrick Henry. Uh, that's what the Titans like. Um, defense was really good, and. Again, I think this was this, this was the same sort of game that we, th- you know, that I th- I thought we'd see. Um, it was just, you know, you bring a bunch of guys down into the box and you force Eli Manning to throw the football and he's going to make some mistakes and he just... 21 of 44 for Eli, 229 yards, one interception. Um, underwhelming. 
It would the, the the Titans did a really good job of shutting down Barkley and only let him around for thirty one yards. But you know this without Odell, we I, I said this was going to be like a Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and Barkley type game. Uh, of the you know of the twenty one passes that Manning completed. Uh, 14 of them went to Barkley, Shepard, and Ingram. So, not a lot of diversity. It's pretty easy to figure out. You know who I think should be the quarterback for the Giants is Derek Carr. I think I might have mentioned this in the last uh, show. But I think Derek Carr is a great fit for that Giants West Coast offense. Uh, I'd like to see them go after... Even just for a year or two, because I don't like anybody really in this draft class. But that's who I'm thinking uh, you should go after, New York. Go get Derek Carr for a year or two and see if you can win with him. While uh, you try and still find your uh, long term quarterback, because I don't think your long term quarterback is in this draft class. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I that, that's how I feel. Uh, Bengals beat the Raiders 30-16. Good for them. Uh, Falcons beat the Cardinals 40-14. Good for them. Uh, we'll just skip over those games. So now we'll talk about the Buccaneers and the Ravens. And this game, I was imp- what I was impressed with the most was the fact that Tampa Bay defense knew, or at least should have known, that the Ravens were going to run the ball. And they were going to run the ball a lot. And yet, they still could not stop it. They still could not stop Gus Edwards from running for 104 yards and a touchdown. They could not stop Lamar Jackson from running for 95 yards. And another 48 yards from Kenneth Dixon. Um, yeah, like, I, I just... This was a this was the, a game where... Tampa, if they were... If, if they were smart, or they knew... If they strategized and they had been scheming for this game, they would know to stop the run, and yet Baltimore was still able to run on Tampa Bay. So, I am pretty impressed. This is, this is a, I don't want to say this was a um, character game for the Ravens, because it wasn't. We already sort of, you know, knew what they were like and knew about how well they could play defensively and offensively. So, Character win, I think, is a bit of a stretch. Um, you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this was a an, an, an important win for the for the Ravens, obviously because they needed it to uh, stay alive in the playoffs, but because it's another game for Lamar Jackson to build his confidence. It gets. Gus Edwards, more snaps uh, as a running back. 
And the, just the defense improves as well. The defense improved in this game as well. So, uh, I mean, Peyton Barber ran for 85 yards and a touchdown. And Jameis was still able to throw, throw for 157. But, you know, I thought there was a pretty good game for Baltimore. I thought there was a lot to like. Uh, a lot to uh, take away if you're Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't think this is, this was really a surprising effort from them. Uh, I they, they, they are definitely worse on the road than they are at home. And Jameis Winston has been underperforming and disappointing, to say the least. I mean, 156 yards is not going to cut it. Uh, you need, you need, like, they need more, they need more explosiveness. Um, Jameis doesn't provide that. Jameis is not really giving teams much to fear. He's not the most mobile individual. He is not, uh very athletic, I would say. He reminds me he's more of a Ben Roethlisberger, I would say, than he is a Russell Wilson. So, you know, new quarterback, Tampa. New coach. Let's start over. This is not working. Uh, nice job, though, I will say, from the Tampa Bay offensive line to uh, limit uh, Winston to just one sack. Uh, next game. Next game, you have the Bills and the Lions, 14-13. Uh, another good game from Josh Allen. Uh, pretty much the, I believe the, I think during the middle of the game, like, the Bills were running out, of, like, were literally running out of running backs because they were getting injured. Um, so Josh Allen did quite a had quite a few carries as well. But Buffalo has a great defense, and they were able to stop Matthew Stafford. So kudos to the Bills to get the win. Uh, I like I like the fact that the Bills are playing to win now instead of a night, you know, instead, instead of trying to, you know, tank for a draft pick. I like that they're trying to win now, build confidence in Josh Allen. Uh, obviously, the offense has a lot of work. Uh, probably a better O-line and some more weapons would be useful, but um, you know, that's just how I see it. That's how I, you know, how I think the Bills can improve. Uh, I don't know if they'll get another defensive effort like this because they've had a pretty good defense. Um, but, and yeah, just, you know, winning three of the last five after losing four straight. And, you know, I don't know if they can upset New England at New England. I think they could at least challenge New England. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see what the spread is in that one. Uh, I like them beating Miami at home. So I can see them going 6-10 and 10 this year. I think that's pretty good. Good for the Bills. Uh, that's I think that's more important. And they'll still get probably a top 10 pick. But I think that's a, more important for them to be able to, you know, finish the season out, off strong. Like, you know, if, you know, three and three after the bye week, I think is, you know, pretty good for this team. And giving Allen more confidence and more reps. Uh, as for the Lions, I, uh, See, the, the funny thing is that both of these teams are five and nine, but they're different five and nines. Like, the Lions are just disappointing and just depressing uh, because this team should be better. And the Bills are sort of, are sort of improving and getting better and trying to rebuild, which is great. That's great to have that and go 6-10. and 10. I don't know that the Lions beat the Vikings next week. Uh, I don't know that they go outside and beat Green Bay in two weeks, so I can easily see them going 5-11. and 11. Um, You know, with when, you know, they beat New England and beat Green Bay and beat Carolina, you know, Miami, Carolina, Arizona. Only one of those wins are going to be over a playoff team. It's just... Yeah. Um, I don't know what the... I don't know how to make the Lions... They need, they need more legitimate wide receivers. I know Marvin Jones is out with an injury, but trading... Uh, Marvin Jones out for the rest of the year. I know trading Golden Tate did not help. Um, offensive line could probably use another, you know, they got Taylor Decker and Frank Ragno. Uh, they could probably use another uh, starting offensive lineman. Defensive line, you know, it's not horrible. Uh, it'd be nice if Ziggy Ansa came back, but I'd be, I wouldn't be shocked if the Lions let him go. And there's a work to be done at the linebacker and secondary position. So, and that's why, and, and, and that's why you brought in Matt Patricia because you expected the defense to, you brought him in to improve the defense and it's going to need improvement. Uh, I haven't really seen it this year, but it's gonna need uh, gonna need some improvement if we're gonna if we're gonna expect much out of the Lions next year. Uh, okay, what other games do we have that's uh, remotely interesting? I believe. Correct me if I am wrong, but yes, the Chicago Bears defeated the Green Bay Packers 24-17. To clinch the NFC North. Now, again, I like Mitch Trubisky. I think he's good, but uh, there are some plays that I'm sure he would like back that back that I would like back from him. Uh, he overall he played a great game. You know, 2028, 235 yards, two touchdowns, just right. Good, you know, 
Nice job from Jordan Howard running the football. Uh, Tariq Cohen had five catches and had five carries. So he's, you know, Tariq Cohen is a great um, versatile back. Him and James White were like my go, like have been my go-to uh, versatile guys in fantasy. White's falling off, and Cohen is a bit hit and miss, but he 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 can put up ten points, you know, almost almost every week. So that's nice to see that he got that kind of production uh, against the Packers. Um, yeah, the Bears defense is legit. I think we already knew that. Um, you know, this looked like a fairly close game by the stats. Uh, you know, pretty close in total yards, passing yards, rushing yards. Um, Chicago lost the fumble. Green Bay threw an interception. But I, it, the di- the key, the difference in this game was the sacks. And Green Bay allowed five, and Chicago allowed one. Time of possession was pretty close, but. Um, clearly Joe Philbin should not be the head coach of the Packers next year. Uh, they need somebody to help out offensively. Um, Aaron Rodgers is not desperate for it, but he needs it. They need him to be, you know, at his best. So, uh, that's, that's kind of obvious. I'm sure, but, uh, you know, we'll see what that the pack. I mean, the Packers do have a, quite a few offensive weapons. I like Aaron Jones at running back, Devontae Adams at wide receiver. If they can develop some of their wide receivers, uh, Equinemius St. Brown and uh, Scalding, Valdez Scalding. I think the Packers Packers could do well. Uh, we'll see what their coaching situation has in store for them. Uh, but no, that's. Hopefully they can get an offensive coach that can help them develop the wide receivers and make the team better. Uh, I will discuss briefly the game beforehand. A uh, great game for the Browns on Saturday, beating the Broncos. Uh, I'm on the Browns bandwagon. They're going to win the AFC North next year. They are playing really good football right now. There's a bit of work that needs to be done with Baker Mayfield. He's got to work on some of his throws. Their defense is playing well. Jabril Peppers had a coming out game as the uh, sort of the, uh, I don't know what you call center fielder pretty much, but it's like the the high safety, the free high safety. Uh, you know, he had a nice interception and a nice sack at the end of the game on Keenum. Uh Texans over the Jets by a touchdown. Uh, Sam Darnold didn't play perfect, but he played pretty good. And uh, that was a nice, uh, you know, game for him. Better game for the Texans, who they won, and they showed, you know, showed some resiliency and came back. And, um, you know, that's why that game scared me a little bit, because it's different when you're outside at the Jets with a team that they don't really have, you know, they're playing for pride at this point of the season. So that was a good win for them, uh, the, the Texans. And the Thursday night Chargers-Chiefs game, 
you know, bold move. Bold move, Anthony Lynn. I'll give you credit. I like it. I like the boldness. I like going for it. Why not? Just win the game. If you think you can do it, just go and do it. So that was good to see. Uh, the Chiefs will still probably finish as the number one seed, I'm thinking, in the AFC. The Chargers are going to – I'd like to see – I want to see the Chargers play the Patriots. That's the playoff matchup I want to see because I think the Chargers can go into Foxborough and beat New England. I really do. I am a big believer. Even if it – it'd be nice if the Chargers had Melvin Gordon uh, against New England, but if they didn't, I still think the Chargers could go in and beat, Fo- and beat Patriots in Foxborough. That's – you know, I, I think that's a bit of a hot take, obviously, but I think there's uh, there's some truth to that. The defense, I think, can stop Tom Brady. I think the offense can get enough, you know, score enough points on uh, the Patriots' defense. So we'll see. Uh, Saturday's game. Well, Saturday's games are both interesting. I'll give a preview later in the week about those with the uh, Redskins uh, playing the Titans um, and the. Let's see. Ravens Chargers primetime Saturday. So I'll give a preview later in the week about those. Uh, I I will give a because tomorrow's Tuesday, so I won't be able to give a uh, tomorrow's a travel day for me, so I won't be able to give you a uh, preview on anything tomorrow. So I'll just give it to you right now. Uh, We have the Shira. Bundy, Boca Raton Bull in Boca Raton, Florida, uh, between UAB and Northern Illinois. Uh, yeah, I'm going with UAB on this one. Uh, Northern Illinois hasn't quite been the same since. Uh, I mean, they had a good season this year. You know, went eight and five. Uh, but they haven't been quite the same since Jordan Lynch left them. He's a former quarterback, and now I believe he's with the Edmonton Eskimos, or he was with the Edmonton Eskimos for a bit there. Um, but I'm not too sure. Uh, oh, he retired. Oh, there we go. So now he's a running backs coach for the Huskies. Interesting that he's a running back coach for the Huskies. Uh, I mean, good for him, but it's not what I would expect. Uh, I like UAB in this game. They are a great story. Having fold, you know, they folded their fo- their football program folded. Oh God, like three years ago, I want to say. Yeah, terminated in 2014, and then they went on hiatus for a couple years, and then they came back last year. And now they put together a 10-win season in a bowl game. They won the CUSA championship against Middle Tennessee, and they got a bowl game against Northern Illinois. Uh, how can you not be, uh, you know, excited about that story? So I'm going to take UAB. The spread is minus two and a half. I will take UAB to win it outright and uh, take the spread in that one. Um Yeah, that's uh, 
seems like a good pick to go with uh, UAB in, you know, clo closer to home than Illinois is. So I will take the uh, I will take the Blazers. Uh, play to watch in that game, I guess. If you're gonna have any interest in watching the football game tomorrow, uh, I would say the person you'd want to see is UAB running back Spencer Brown. Uh, Rushed for over 1,100 yards this year, and he's rushed for over. He got 16 touchdowns rushing. Uh, 220 pound back, so he's a big guy. You have to try and take down. Uh, strong, physical. Uh, you know, he's posted 100 yards rushing in six games this year. So he's a really strong back and really tough to uh, yeah bring down. So I like the uh, I like the Blazers in that one. So all right, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, can't wait to talk about some more football later in the week. Uh, make sure you try and get us to 150 Instagram followers by December 20th. So by Thursday, this will come out late Monday night, early Tuesday. But by Thursday, please have us, Thursday the 20th, please try and get us to 150 so we can do a 12-hour live stream. Uh, make sure you're following us on Instagram at speak your peace, you are peace. All right, that's what I have to try and say. Same with Facebook. Um, be on the lookout for another Speak Your Peace pod. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff coming up over the holidays, which is great. You'll love it. Uh, so it's great. You'll Again, you'll love it. It's awesome. Uh, things are really picking up, which I really like to see. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this, and hopefully you enjoy more that's coming in the future. So thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Thanks for listening.